You ready to get Jesus-y? Welcome back to Kishanon, your absolute favorite podcast about conspiracy theories and cooking. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I am Kelly, your other host. We really need to think of a better open to this, like something know. clever. I don't know. So listeners, if you have ideas for, for clever openings or things we could say at the beginning to introduce the show, let us know. You can tweet at us at Kishanon or just, you know, I mean, if you're listening to the show, you probably know us. So, you know. You can just text us or whatever. Yeah, mom, just yell at me some more. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, in fact, I'm fairly positive that my mother doesn't listen to this. Which it wouldn't if if I knew that she did, it wouldn't affect anything. But uh, she might get a kick out of it. I don't know. I should I should bug her and give her a hard time and tell her and be like, well, Kelly's mom listens to the show. My mom is like the momest of moms, so she's our number one fan automatically. Nice. <laughs> she would anything we do, she will be the number one fan of. So perfect. When we were trying to figure out the topic for this episode, uh, I put out a Twitter poll, I think last week, and we said, okay, here's like some ideas, which would you like us to talk about or give us a, you know, a reply with something else. And the other day, then Kelly's like, okay, what was the result of the poll? Because I need to do my research this weekend. And it was a dead heat 50%, 50% versus uh, 9-11 and Jesus conspiracy theories. And I was like, well, that's not helpful. So Kelly said, what if we, we should go to the Insta for the tiebreaker? And Kelly put out an Insta story with a poll saying which of these. And, and also the photo was amazingly perfect. It was basically a statue that was Jesus holding up the Twin Towers. Indeed and, it was. <laughs> I mean, so after, after a little bit, Kelly texted me and said, I need you to share this story with more people because it's a tie right now and I need to know. And as you may or may not know, if you're more knowledgeable about the social medias than I am, you can't share another story like that to your story on Insta. You can only kind of send it as a message. So Which I didn't know, by the way, until I started doing the Keishan on Insta and it yelled at me like five times and it was like, <laughs> you can't share because it has tappable elements. Oh, and I it was, was like, the tappable. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh see, it like, didn't Sorry tell about me. your rules. No, it. I think it only tells me because I manage the account, but it just oh. would pop up tappable elements. I was like, relax. Yeah, for me, when I went to it, it didn't even have the option. It was just you could send to people. So I sent it to a whole bunch of people as a message. And I, you know, you can put a message along with when you share it. And I said something like, hey, we need ideas for our pod. First of all, not everybody checks Instagram every five seconds. So a lot of the people I sent it to. Do, do some people have lives? I don't know who I'm these people are. very concerned about these people. Uh, so some of the people didn't check it for days. But even if they checked it, apparently within a couple hours... By the time they saw that, the story had expired. So all they saw was a message from me with like kind of a thing saying story expired that said, we need ideas for our pod. So a few of them actually just sent stuff. But I over the course of, nice of them. Yeah, most of the weekend, I basically was about once an hour sending a message on Instagram saying, no, 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 this is what it was. And I actually had a screenshot of it. I'm like, no, this is what it was. Never mind. Sorry. I checked the Insta poll and there was about three hours left and it was tied 20 to 20. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is absolutely no good. But shout out to my friend Lala because Lala sent the story to every single one of her friends and they were online right away because they broke this tie for me so fast. And I didn't know who any of these people were and they were all we just had her in common as our mutual friend. So thank you, Lala, if you're listening for helping us choose Jesus. 
and hopefully those people like subscribed and will be listening to this episode that they helped to influence. This is a very long way to get to what we decided on and not what we decided on, but what Lala's friends decided on for us is that our topic is the Jesus I would also just one last note about polling was laughing because all of my Catholic friends were voting Jesus and all of my male friends were voting 9-11. And I was like, what a divide in listenership. (laughs) All 20 of our listeners have such strong opinions. You know, and again, it's like you think that everybody knows what's going on and what you do, but social media is ephemeral. So even though I you know, tweet about doing the show a lot, if people don't happen to be checking the timeline at that time. So there were a few people that replied to this that had no idea about Kishanon, but were really excited about it and had had thoughts, right? So that I guess that's sort of my way of saying also, if you, you do have the socials and, and especially in something ephemeral like Twitter, it's okay to feel like you're repeating yourself about something because, you know, people have to catch it at the right time. But that would be on a social media podcast, which this is not. This is a podcast about the Jesus. Yes, Jesus, the big JC. <laughs> that's what we'll be covering this week. Jesus was kind of a tough topic to research, just (laughs) warning you all, because it's very varied. So this might get to like Da Vinci Code territory more than you were wanting, but I'm sure it'll be fun for all 12 of our listeners. It's not like you would expect anything less out of this. You know, we kind of have to go off onto these these different spurs. Yes. We will do many Jesus episodes because I came up with really random stuff here. And so I focus on kind of some big ones for the beginning. But I'm sure in the future we can come back to Christianity conspiracies. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason. You know, it's callbacks, right? You know, we kind of have have the master episode, so to speak. And then, you know, kind of more specifics. What's what's the first thing? Because I know people, like you said, there's a lot of stuff. You know, we go into the Da Vinci Code and the Knights Templar. And I had a friend years ago who studied Knights Templar. That was like her thing. And so Get I kind of learned here. Where is she? <laughs> I haven't talked to her in forever. Oh, I don't even know. And she's not on social media. Okay. So for as far as I know, she doesn't even exist around. But <laughs> Matt's friend, Jolene, if you happen to be listening, reach out to us because, you know, you could talk some some Templar. Which actually, okay, I don't want to go off onto a total tangent, but I'm, I'm interested. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll source to our guests and see what they think about this idea. And specifically Kelly's mom, because I think we get the most feedback. Number from one Kelly's fan. Mom. She texts me where the episode is. She wants to know why we haven't released a new one yet. She gives me feedback. <laughs> Sometimes she tells me she shares it with other people, which I take as a good sign. That it means good she sign. liked it. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Yes. Like and subscribe. So we, we've Kelly and I've been talking over the last few weeks of, of as we're talking about this is, you know, we've had several people who have expressed a desire to be a guest on the show. And we've been kind of trying to figure out how that would work. So I think what we're thinking is if we have a guest, it might just be kind of a segment of the show when that kind of comes in. So Because be- we are the stars. We are the stars. At least two of the people who've reached out to be guests are the kind of people that would absolutely dominate and take over our show. That's fine. I'll just be sipping wine in the background while they talk on, let you deal with editing later. It'll be my favorite episode we've ever recorded. So as you may know, or you may not know, we do provide uh, transcripts of our episodes, uh, which you can find if you go to uh, our website at Keishanon.com and you look at an episode, there's a button to show transcript. And one of the interesting things that comes out of that is a service that I use. You know, I have to go in and I have to say like who was talking at what point, and it will give a breakdown of percentage of time. We I think we've I've only done this for two episodes so far, but Kelly and I end up about 50-50, which was surprising. 
I'm so proud of us. Is it surprising because I talk so much constantly and you were shocked that you got a word in? No, I was actually afraid that I was talking too much. So I I feel like uh, that worked out so well. Where do we get started with talking about about JC here? First of all, I'm warning to all of our listeners that I've had a rough one. So I'm drinking some Jesus juice right now while we do this. So things may unravel quickly here on Kishanan. But as a former Catholic schoolgirl who always identified more Magdalene than Virgin, I thought we'd start with Mary Magdalene and all the conspiracies surrounding her and who she was to Jesus and who she might be to other people. I think maybe for some context of where we're coming from, because you gave a little background of, you know, you grew up in Catholic school and everything. So I did not, you know, I'm Jewish. I was raised vaguely in that way. Spent, you know, we don't have to have a whole thing about where I come from. I did go through the RCIA process years ago. So I have been confirmed Catholic or whatever that is. So, but right. most of what I know has been consolidated to like that one year of RCIA. And we didn't talk a lot about Mary Magdalene. So I'm very excited to That's learn about shocking. this. <laughs> that on your journey of one year Catholicism, they didn't teach you about Mary Magdalene. Well, I mean, I think what most people know about Mary Magdalene or the common belief about her was that she was a reformed sex worker. We will find out that this is not true and was a lie perpetuated by the Catholic Church to keep women down as they do over there. But so Mary Magdalene was basically an apostle of Jesus's. She was one of his apostles, and she's very important to the Catholic faith and Christianity, but to the Catholic faith especially because she was the first person to witness his resurrection. And she was also present at his crucifixion and maybe the Last Supper. We'll get into a few things about that. She was a woman from Magdala, a Galilean fishing town, um, and she was a female disciple of Jesus. She's really rarely mentioned in the Bible, which is, I think, how she's become such a figure where there's lots of maybe conspiracies or like different stuff, because in all of the Bible, she's only mentioned 13 times, even though she was a super important figure to Jesus, allegedly, according to a lot of people after all this stuff. So in The Last Supper, the painting of The Last Supper, you know, there is an effeminate figure sitting directly to the right of Jesus. And people now argue that that is Mary Magdalene. And that she was seated to the right of him because, and that means she is his wife. And that's why she was painted in the Last Supper, seated to the right of him. She was also an enemy of Peter, the apostle. So she's also painted in there because her and Peter had so beef. She had, they had beef, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Mary Magdalene, it's so funny because biblical beef is just the best beef. And Mary Magdalene was purported to be the one who washed Jesus's feet before the Last Supper. And when Peter and the other apostles were like, Jesus, can we wash your feet? He was like, no, my girl, Mary Magdalene already did it. Okay. In 1945, a set of papers called the Gnostic Gospels, (laughs) I can't speak the English, um, were discovered. The authenticity is still disputed, but in these Gospels was um, a gospel, the Gospel of Philip. And in the Gospel of Philip is where all this jealousy between Peter and Mary Magdalene is written about. So again, this is disputed. This is debatable. I don't want to do this podcast to like upset anyone's faith. That is not what we're here for. I'm just talking about conspiracy theories that other people talk about. And basically, he-man woman hater, Pope Gregory I, he called her a prostitute and told everyone that we shouldn't think of her as an apostle. She wasn't a good follower of Jesus. She was just a prostitute. There was no evidence of this. And in 1969, the Catholic Church admitted that this was all falsified, like that she was never a prostitute or a sex worker, sorry. And it was basically just another thing where women are sinners and women need to work in the service of men. And it was used to keep women out of the Catholic priesthood. 
So there's also a gospel of Mary discovered, the gospel of Mary Magdalene. Um, it was discovered in the early 19th century, but was thought to be written in the second century and maybe even when Jesus was still alive. So sometime between 5 BC and 30 AD. And this gospel of Mary was purported to be written by her about what she witnessed as Jesus' apostle. Again, a disputed document, but there's nothing more fascinating to me than like just old biblical documents people find and just put all this meaning into and tell us this is how it was in 5 AD. Like it's kind of wild. Like I said, she's only mentioned in the Bible about 13 times. And once is in the gospel of Luke, where it's purported that Jesus did an exorcism on Mary Magdalene and expelled seven demons from her. Oh. I don't know what type. Do you want to guess, Matt? I, I don't know. What, what are some of the types of demons? Like when you talk about different demon types, are they like slobbery versus leathery or do they have like actual typing? I personally have only had one to two exorcisms performed on me, so I'm not really sure what it's supposed to have. It's not really a sample size. We can Mm -mm. we can we certainly couldn't come up with seven different demon types. But anyway, the biggest Mary Magdalene conspiracy that I want to talk about is that Mary Magdalene is the Holy Grail. This is kind of what the book, The Da Vinci Code, is about, if you've ever read it. But there's actually a ton to this. Like, Dan Brown did not just make this up. Dan Brown didn't make up anything, by the way. he is. A, I, I will go on record and say that Dan Brown is a hack. I mean, I, I read The Da Vinci Code. It was all right. I've read some of his other stuff. And it's just, I, I can't remember the one. It's not Angels and Demons. But there's one where he purportedly talks about computer security and everything. I'm not this person that's like, oh, well, you made this small mistake or whatever. But like the entire conceit of the book is grounded in make-believe beliefs of how things work. And it's also like, I feel like it was very apparent what was going on by like the 15th page. So anyway, Dan Brown is a hack. You heard it here first. Actually, you guarantee you didn't hear it here for the first time. Dan Brown novels are exactly the kind of paperback I just love to devour on a plane. (laughs) They're my my essence if i can't find like a john grisham or i don't know i love a dan brown but what happened with tom hanks's hair and angels and demons is a crime against humanity and something we need to all talk about more it was disgusting so in 2012 the egyptians uncovered a document thought to be written around 32 a.d shortly after jesus's death called the gospel of jesus's wife and in this document there is some allegations that jesus and mary magdalene kissed okay um irrefutable proof i know very scandalous there's also a book called the last the lost gospel by simta jacob vici maybe i don't know my handwriting is a little sketchy there and i didn't google pronunciations as always (laughs) and barry wilson and they claim the virgin mary was jesus's wife not his mom the Virgin oh, Mary. Yeah. So this is a different Mary. This is totally Mary different Mary, but that's okay. all I could find on it was this one book. So I'm just slipping it in here. Got it. <laughs> just right here. The book was based off this gospel of Jesus's wife. They think the Virgin Mary wrote it. Sorry. That was a little unclear. I mean, it's understandably confusing. It's a little bit like that part in Goodfellas when Lorraine Bracco is like, and everybody was named Peter or Paul and they were married to uh, Mary or to whatever. Right. So it's, you know, there's only so many names. That's so accurate, too, because you just go into any Catholic family and everyone's named Joey and John. There's no other names for the men. Okay, so we're going to get to the Holy Grail part. So I'm going to do a little background on like how the Holy Grail came back into pop, not pop culture, but back into like the zeitgeist kind of. What was Indiana Jones? No, I'm I'm going was a little it further Python? back. I'm oh, going okay. to I'm going Pre- to 1818. Oh, 
predating Monty Python and predating uh, Sean Connery. Just a little bit. Um, But I did watch both of those films in preparation for recording this episode this week. Oh, that is excellent. I'm so excited about that. (laughs) Much better than Capricorn 1. So in 1818, a... German man Joseph von Hammer Purgstall connected the Holy Grail to the Knights Templar in a book he wrote and said that the Knights Templar were still an active organization obsessed with the mystical relic of the Holy Grail. And sometimes they like race around in boats and chase Harrison Ford. For fun. It's a treat. In the early 20th century, so a little bit after this, French writers connected the Holy Grail to the Knights Templar also and to the Cathars. So we're just going to do a real brief thing. The Knights Templar is a Catholic military order that were based at the Temple Mount. They were disbanded at some point in like 1120. But some people still say that they exist as some fringe underground secret group, which I choose to believe because it's fun. And the Cathars are a medieval religious sect between the 12th and 14th centuries in northern Italy and southern France. And they were challenging papal authority. And they were kind of more of a legit known threat than the Knights Templar. The Cathars definitely did some stuff to try and F with the papacy. Papacy? What a a bad Catholic. The Pope. And our old conspiracy friends, the Nazis, were also super obsessed with the Holy Grail. Himmler himself funded an an expedition to find the Grail. I didn't really do a lot on that. That might be a whole other episode of like Nazi conspiracies, but... Even more Indiana Jones content than two. Absolutely. So basically, the reason this German guy connected the Holy Grail to Mary Magdalene and all this stuff was because a guy in 1210, Wolfram von Eschenbach, wrote a poem called Parzival. And in parts of all, it's literally just like people searching for the grail. And he's the one that wrote about the Knights Templars not being a militia anymore, but being like a mystical organization protecting the grail and protecting all these relics. So the Holy Grail itself, there's conspiracies around what it is and where it came from. Some say it's a cup that Jesus drank from at the Last Supper and the same cup that Joseph collected his blood with at the crucifixion. Some say it's a metaphor for the kingdom of heaven itself. Others say it's a plate. Some say it's Mary Magdalene, as I'm getting to slowly but surely. Some say it's Glastonbury, England. I don't know how to say that, but some say that that city is the Holy Grail and the city contains the portal to heaven. It's a simple wooden cup. I've seen the movie. I know what the Holy Grail is. This is, I thought we solved this. Some people just don't believe science, okay? (laughs) Some people don't want to believe what they saw in the movie, Matt. Basically, the Holy Grail, the quest for the Holy Grail and all this stuff is just a bunch of religion, mysticism, history, fantasy, and just fun stuff come together. So Holy Grail chasers still now largely believe it's a real object and not like the kingdom of heaven itself. And others even believe the Knights Templar was created as a like a ruse, that they were never a militia, but they were always guarding the Holy Grail. Philip V of France, King Philip V of France, destroyed the Knights Templar to destroy the secrets they held, according to some people. But basically, this is just kind of a fun conspiracy and fun thing to talk about because there's so much accurate history involved in this. That they like used to pretend it was for the Holy Grail, <laughs> like just very real things kings and queens and just other noblemen did or the popes did. And they're like, it must be because of the Holy Grail. <laughs> and I'm like, sure, why not? But so the big theory is that the Holy Grail is the descendant, the bloodline of Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene. 
Some people believe that immediately following the crucifixion, Mary Magdalene was a few months pregnant with their daughter, Sarah, and she was secreted away to Southern France by the Knights Templar. And the descendants of Jesus Christ in Southern France became the... I'm pausing because I actually looked up how to pronounce this and now I'm forgetting it. The Merovingian dynasty (laughs) or dynasty, if you will. So Mary Magdalene birthed Jesus Christ's daughter, Sarah Christ. I don't know. (laughs) And she intermarried with the nobles of Southern France and they became the Merovingian dynasty. So some people literally, quite literally believe that the the womb of Mary Magdalene was the Holy Grail that Jesus was referring to, which is like, he must have really loved her that. And if he was like her womb, (laughs) the Holy Grail. Well, I mean, to be fair, at the time, the Holy Grail didn't mean what it means now. So as a comparison, it's more like your womb is the Holy Grail. And she's like, okay, I don't know what that is. That's not a thing yet. She's like, Jesus is talking all crazy over here again about my womb. (laughs) He can't stop. So this theory became popular again in the 80s because a book called Holy Blood and Holy Grail by Michael, I never know, Michael B., um, Richard Lee and Henry Lincoln. (laughs) They wrote this book in 1982 and they said the secret society called the Priory of Sion that was started in 1099 um, and should be an episode in and of itself at some point um, because Da Vinci, Isaac Newton and Victor Hugo have all been the grandmaster of this secret society. And many others I didn't know of. <laughs> and the Priory of Sion is apparently devoted to restoring the Mer- Merovingian dynasty because they want Jesus's blood relatives to be on the thrones throughout Europe and they want them to dethrone the Pope. And they say that's why the, the Pope's always were haters to Mary Magdalene because they knew she had Jesus's baby and they didn't want to lose their power. Incidentally, I cannot wait to see what our transcription service does with some of these names in this episode. (laughs) It's bad enough that I can't speak English and I'm saying words like Merovingian. So basically, they think that the remaining Knights Templar are stationed all throughout Europe and they are the military and financial branch of the Merovingian dynasty. And the descendants of the Merovingian dynasty are just waiting to seize power because they are the true one and only powers because they came from Mary Magdalene's womb, which was the Holy Grail. As we all know, at least from the last five minutes. Yeah, it's just common knowledge and it's very correct. So basically the Catholic Church, though, this is where it gets a little sketchy and where it gets a little like, is it true? Well, you know, the Catholic Church has always been some shady bitches. All right. And so like they did spend quite a bit of money, time, resources and effort trying to kill everyone in the Merovingian dynasty. And like, why would you devote that much time and energy to killing pretenders? Some of them say that the Holy Grail was the boat. Mary Magdalene was secreted away on because it didn't have a master or so it looked like a cup. <laughs> seems that seems like a reach. It was my favorite theory because it's so stupid. <laughs> like, like all boats kind of look like cups. If you try hard enough, I don't know. You are kind of floating around on a bowl. That feels like it's a scenario where you're like, we have to have a grail. Uh, what's around that look sure it's like George Glass and the Brady Bunch right you know I mean you're just naming things that are in front of you I just love picturing some confused people being like we must have a grail (laughs) what looks like a cup but anyway yes so basically this conspiracy is that Jesus knocked Mary Magdalene up with this woman daughter named Sarah and Sarah intermarried with the nobles and created the Merovingian dynasty and they are waiting in secret 
financed by the Knights Templar and the Priory of Zion to dethrone the Pope. They've been waiting a long time. Well, like, how much power does the Pope have right now? They're they're waiting for, like, the worst possible moment. I was going to say, I think they blew it. I think that's what happened is they're like, we just got to wait. We just got it's like people with GameStop stock, right? They're like, I'm going to hold on a little bit more. And it's like, dude, you should have sold it. So it's like Merovingian dynasty, man. You like missed your window and you're just throwing good money after bad at this point. I feel like once we did Vatican II, they should have realized that nothing was going to happen for them. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure they have a ton of cash, but I think if you're a secret organization called the Knights Templar, you too have a lot of cash. I can't believe that's like poor people in the Knights Templar because this seems like weird rich people shit to me. So that's pretty much it with Mary Magdalene. What we do know about her is very little, which makes it ripe for conspiracies. Um, there is that's no. That's what we do with conspiracy theories. They're there to fill in the blanks. Yeah, we just make up because, whatever if we don't know. Right. Yeah. We're searching for answers, which is kind of why religion exists, too, because we need to explain something we don't understand. Yes. And like I said, maybe in another episode, we can do more on the Knights Templar. It was hard to like contain this and narrow it down. Yeah, I think the Knights Templar are, are their own their own story and their own episode but they sort of tangentially touch this. When I was looking up for conspiracies about like Jesus or Christianity, it's hard because these things are all thought of less as conspiracies now and more just this whole like mystical unknown history in a way. Like It's almost usually- like mythology a little bit at this point, right? It's not like, it's just sort of like, oh, and it's not super serious or not, but you know, it's a thing that's kind of interesting, I guess. Yeah, and it was really fascinating because usually when I'm Googling conspiracy theories, it's like blogs or articles self-published or self-published books. But this is like history.com. I, I was just going to say, and I figure, I feel like you probably find like doctoral theses and, and dissertations and stuff on this, right? You know, so many or versus just like, Reddit. Exactly. I did not go to the Jesus Reddit thread because I was not mentally prepared. But it's a lot of even like sermons that priests or pastors have published and i was like okay because there was a lot just with who mary magdalene's a crucial figure in the bible even though she's not in there a lot so there's a lot written on her by like historians and religious scholars so it was kind of interesting yeah and i don't know if you believe this why not you know what about like the other mary right because i think there's there's kind of a whole thing that's crucial to to all of this which is this like can, can, can I can I quote from what you wrote in our show prep doc, which is in all caps? It says a virgin birth. Sure. <laughs> it just seems like something like like if you're you're 16 and pregnant, you're like, maybe I can tell my parents this one and they'll kind of believe it and not be as mad. Well, you could have until it became Jesus and that ruined it for everybody else who wanted to do that. Cause then they're like, you didn't come up with that yourself. You know, that's not true. You're just copying Mary of Galilee. Yeah. Weird, weird. Kelsey, you know, your baby hasn't turned water into wine yet. <laughs> you said this was a virgin birth. Isn't there an MTV show that's like 16 and pregnant with the Messiah? Mm-hmm. It's a very special season. <laughs> it's different from all the other girls. Okay. So, the Virgin Mary, the one I, I identified less with, is allegedly, according to the Bible, impregnated with the power of the Holy Spirit with Jesus. I found an article. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just going to say, while you're recovering here, although this probably won't help, is I feel like this is also a categorically big difference between like the Christian mythology or the more modern mythology. And then you look at like Greek mythology or Roman mythology 
where it's like when a god decided that they wanted to like like they actually like turned into some animal and like banged somebody and that's like how Heracles was born or something but it's like no but for Jesus it's through the holy spirit I'm like it doesn't I mean that's just sort of some bullshit it's like you don't even like get to have sex with like a, a swan or something like you would if you were greek a swan I'm pretty sure at some point Zeus turned into a swan and like fucked someone. I mean, I know he's been other things, but I'm I'm sure a swan showed up somewhere in there. It's actually funny you bring that up because one of the essays I looked at for this talks about how it was widely believed at the time because of that. So because the Greek and Roman mythologies were very much like the gods were constantly getting impregnated with whomever or impregnating humans for whatever, like. In the time, it was a very believable and like, were like well, yeah, yeah. that's a, of course. <laughs> it was absolutely just like in society that, of course, you could become pregnant at any time by maybe whoever. We don't know. It doesn't matter. You don't need to have sex. <laughs> you can just become pregnant. What I was laughing at earlier was I Googled an essay about the Virgin Mary and like the real origins of how she became pregnant. And it said scholars and historians call the claim of the virgin birth flimsy. It's <laughs> generous. And I was like, yes, mm -hmm, quite flimsy. Okay, so there's two kind of different ways that the virgin birth is talked about in the Bible, which is our main source for this episode's material. So in the Gospel of Matthew or the Book of Matthew, I, I don't know, Joseph and Mary don't live together. They're not yet betrothed. And I had to Google this because betrothed in biblical times meant something different than it does now. If you were betrothed to someone, you were already married, but you hadn't had the ceremony yet, so you didn't live in their house. When you hear the story growing up or at like school or whatever, it's that Joseph and Mary were married, and then she became impregnated with Jesus by the Holy Spirit. But in the book of Matthew, they are betrothed, but they have not yet had the ceremony, so they have never lived together. And then a spirit comes to her in a dream and says, I'm about to pop the Messiah in you. Don't panic. And in the book of Luke, though, the other way, they jo Joseph and Mary do live together, but they, a spirit visits her and tells her she's having a, a kid, but it's not with Joseph. It's with the Holy Spirit. And she's puzzled by this. <laughs> that um. seems to be the least, the, the, the minimum you would expect would be to be puzzled, to be like, huh, well, that doesn't happen every day. <laughs> So my big question was always like, what did Joseph think of this? You know, because if I'm me and I'm dating a dude or we're betrothed or we're living together, I don't know. And I'm like, hey, I'm pregnant. It's not yours, but don't freak out. It's the Holy Spirit's. Okay. It's not anyone else's. All right. I would be like, hmm, I would have questions for myself. So in the book of Matthew, it does go over how Joseph did try to leave Mary's ass. All right. He tried to divorce her, but a different spirit came to him and was like, do not leave her. It is the Holy Spirit's baby. She's not lying to you. Just go with it, Joseph. Okay. And it should be said that at the time, if your wife was unfaithful to you, because Joseph and Mary were Jewish, that according to the Torah, you have to leave your spouse. So he was just doing what the Torah told him to. But then the angel came or the spirit or whoever, and he was like, fine, I will stay and raise this baby. All right. And then... They were going to like give birth where they were living or whatever. But then like the king of Bethlehem called Joseph back because he was like, you need to be counted for the Roman census. Get back here. So they go back there and Mary's in labor with the Messiah and there's nowhere for them to go. And that's how you get all that story. But basically, Joseph and Mary had nine kids after Jesus, which you don't hear a lot about either. What happened to those? Nine well, I kids? mean, that's sort of the, the problem with when like, you know, you've got like a famous over, you know, like you got that older sibling that just overshadows A real everybody. firstborn syndrome Jesus had, like a right. real bad firstborn kid achieving syndrome. 
So basically, there's not much here to this. <laughs> it wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. And the consensus is that Joseph and Mary probably did it. They probably boned and created Jesus. And uh, he became the Messiah, sure. But he was not half Mary, half Holy Spirit. He was half Joseph. Right. Or maybe some other dude. We don't yeah, know. I mean, we don't know. But I mean, I think that that stands to reason. You know, again, it's 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 Occam's right. Like, what's more likely... All the papers were like, at the time, people didn't know you had to have semen and an egg. And I'm like, shut up. Okay. Like, they, they kind of knew how it happened. Right. They might not know, like, the, 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 you know, kind of microbiology around it, but pretty sure for quite some time, you know, it's not like people didn't understand cause and effect or at least correlating events. Although right, I like do know, knew. like, if you read Clan of the Cave Bear, like, the Neanderthals apparently didn't understand this very well, and they had their own kind of thing. But that 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 book is is terrible for so many reasons about uh, understanding of, you know, earlier people. And you want to talk about, like, getting ridiculous later, too. If you read the later books, it gets super convoluted. So, I'm just saying. They had their own kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I found on the virgin birth is that most religious scholars and historians agree that Joseph boned Mary and she became pregnant. Oh, but one other thing, sometime in the 60s, the church did make sure it's no longer heretical, heretic. It's no longer bad, naughty, you're no longer going to hell if you say that Jesus didn't, if Mary didn't have a virgin birth. You can say that in the church and be okay. It's not a heresy anymore. Heresy, thank you. I can't use my words good. <laughs> but yeah, they, they changed that. You're allowed to say that this probably didn't happen as a virgin birth, but it's also like the crux of Christianity, so it's fine to also believe it. Absolutely believe that babies come from wherever you want to believe. I'm like, you kind of look at these stories and it's like, you know, there's angels and spirits and stuff just talking to people all the time, like they're freaking sliding into their DMs. And it's just interesting that suddenly they all got real quiet, you know, in the common era. So it's almost like when G maybe like Jesus came and did his thing. And part of that was like, all right, but see now, now I've been here. So we don't we don't have these one on ones anymore. You know, we're not going to talk to you direct no more. I feel like we could do a whole other episode on people who have had Jesus or the Virgin Mary appear to them in like potatoes or Cheetos or pepperoni pizza, whatever I think, form. I think we I think we could. It would be so fun. Does that kind of bring us to the end of the Jesus? Yeah. I, again, it wasn't like super inspired research because it, it just gets so deep into like mysticism and the Knights Templar and other stuff. So I had to just kind of draw a line. <laughs> I think this gives a good jumping off point to some deeper episodes that we'll be doing. Absolutely. And if anyone wants to write in a topic, you can be as specific as you want. I would love to research whatever conspiracy or weird mystical thing or literally anything you want me to because Matt and I do this just for ourselves. So it can be whatever we want. And for Kelly's mom. And for my mom and for Lala's 12 friends that voted in the poll. We, uh, we do before we kind of talk about, about food stuff a little bit. I, I do want to call back to a little bit to my friend Andy who got very, very excited when he learned about Kishanan. And he said, uh, he said, there should be plenty of ingredients for food-based conspiracy theories. I currently subscribe to a few food podcasts and have subscribed to conspiracy theory podcasts. I'm like, bring that Venn diagram together and listen to our show, Us. Andy. Yeah, Andy. <laughs> but he does say that, you know, spice trading has a lot of intrigue, um, especially historically. And, uh, you know, you think about saffron, and if you eat a lot of saffron, you get 
really, really high, you know, like kind of a low level cocaine or something like that. So mm. BRB. We, uh, yeah. <laughs> Heading to my kitchen cabinet right now. <laughs> Hold on. So we really that's one thing is I will say we we sort of have this show that is like conspiracy theories and food, and we really haven't brought the two together. So that's something we'll we'll have to start thinking about, you know. I think there's there, some options. There is also the thing I'll have to look it up to get really specific, but there was a thing where the people were eating the grain that was basically like acid and they hallucinated like an entire year of events. Oh yes. <laughs> it was in England, I think. Coming soon on Kishanon. Like and subscribe. I know this isn't YouTube. I know I said I was dumb about social, but I do know the difference between a podcast and YouTube. So just so you know. Watch our YouTube podcast and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that we were going to talk about that's related to food is yesterday I started kind of a new like three month long kind of, you know, health regimen. It's, you know, combination of diet and, and working out and working with kind of this virtual trainer. And it was interesting because the thing, the reason I kind of was into it when I talked to him, he's very realistic, you know, it's very achievable. Uh, I mean, he's like, you like ice cream, like we're going to get you to eat some ice cream. And I'll tell you, like when we went through, when we kind of had the session and he was like coming up with what my meal plan will be, he's like, you're a big dude. I'm going to have a good time feeding you because he's like, you could eat a lot. And in fact, he said, you're going to find that I'm going to have you eating more than you, you think you want to, and you'll get, you know, get used to it. And that's been kind of my experience after two days is holy shit. Is that a lot of food? And I think once I'm exercising or I've been doing that for a couple of days, like I will not feel like I'm eating too much. I mean, for context. So, so the other thing, and I don't want to get too much into it, but just give some framework is like basically Monday through Friday, I, it is like eat the same thing every day for every meal, kind of. And then you have two calorie tracking days that are like eat whatever you want, but you have a calorie target and you have to be plus or minus 50 calories on it. And uh, which I think is, and he also kind of gave me like my dinner is like, he's like, here, you have a protein go like eat this much protein and how much vegetables you want. Cause he's like, you know what, for dinner, you like might want to eat with your family, with your kids and whatever, and have it not be chicken breasts every night or whatnot. But my breakfast, my snacks and my lunch and my dessert are exactly the same every day. And so just, I'm not going to tell you every single thing, but to put in context, tell us of, every single thing right now. So, okay. I, I, I could tell you every single I thing. I love it. You. Okay. So I'll I'm tell not you. Mad I'll tell it. you. Oh, that's true. Okay. So my breakfast is six egg whites, two strips of bacon, a cup of 0% fat Greek yogurt, but mixed in with the yogurt is a Jello snack pack, zero calorie. This. And that was his thing. He's like, you know, plain yogurt doesn't taste very good, but he's like, get yourself one of those no sugar snack packs, mix that shit in. And it does make it taste better, but it also creates that much more food. So that's every breakfast. And then my mid-morning snack is a protein shake that has a banana in it. And it's like two scoops of the protein powder, a cup of almond milk, water, and a banana, and a uh, RX bar. I like all those things. So I do. I, I love all yeah. of these things, but I mean, keeping in mind, this is and then no, lunch. No, you just ate. Yeah. Yes. Lunch is a sandwich with eight ounces of lunch meat on it, which you're like, when he said that to me at first, I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And then I started the first one I made. I started putting it on the scale. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That is a lot 
and uh it's my and, dream lunch i'm just gonna start loading up an I, italian sub every day and be well it's like, also it's a it diet can't be, plan it can't be every single thing so it's like uh you know it's the, and then he's also like you gotta get the same brand so he knows what it is and then also like an apple or equivalent fruit and that's lunch and then dinner is like i said it's sort of whatever you know how many grams of protein or whatever, like in some type of, I, I can't eat ribeye. He's like, that's a little ridiculous, but he's like, you know, get something a little more lean, but yeah, do steak, do pork chops, do whatever. And basically a cup of a uh, Briar strawberry ice cream for dessert every night. That's my real dream. And he told, well, it's funny. Cause he told me, he's like, well, he's like, what would you like for dessert? And I'm like, I love ice cream. He's like, all right, tell me what you like. We'll put it on your plan. I'm like, well, I like Ben and Jerry's fish food or American dream. He goes, man, I cannot He's like, I cannot do Ben and Jerry's for you. He's like, you know why? Because you and I both know that the serving sign of Ben and Jerry's is one pint. He's like, I. He's like, you're gonna have to meet me halfway. We could do like briars or something. He's like, you can eat your fish food on your calorie tracking day, and uh, yeah, and then, but it's also compounding. Just so that sounds like a huge amount of food, and it is. But I'm doing thirty minutes of cardio every single day. I'm doing strength workouts three times a week. So, and a lot of this is front loaded protein, right? So that's the right. thing you look at. It, it's like six egg whites and eight ounces of lunch meat. And it's like, it's crazy. So um, also groceries is insane for this. Like I went to the store and I was like, cause that's, that's a dozen eggs every two days. But you're getting like the egg white containers, right? No, no, I'm doing egg whites. Why? I'm separating my eggs. Why? Because I don't know, because the fake They ones... literally sell like containers of egg whites so that you don't have to do that. You can just pour out six. Well, then I'm going to have to redo my thing and do a different measurement instead of counting how many I do. No, they'll, it tells you, I think it's like a tablespoon or two is egg white, one egg white. Oh, okay. So you can. It's really make... easy and it's for this. And they are totally like, it's not like egg no. beaters or something. It's like just pre separated. It's just pure egg, egg whites. whites. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I should do that because I'm telling you, separating six eggs every morning. You'll go broke also getting a quality egg and only using the white. Like that's wasteful. So you get these containers and it's super easy. I used to do it for swimming. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll do that on my now after I I use up the 36 eggs that I bought the other day. At one time in my life, I was a disciplined human. (laughs) Today, my breakfast was like coffee and a good cry. (laughs) So. So also think about this. So like with the lunch meat, because it's like the uh, what's the kind that I get? Um, Is it like boar's head? No, it's, it's trust me. It, it's it's like uh, you'll go broke. Eating no, that's eight the other thing. Boar oh, head every oh day. Jesus. Yeah. No, it's uh, and, and stay away from the subway tuna. Why? I mean, I have my reasons, but I'm wondering oh, what's here. We us normal people all have our reasons, but there's a lawsuit right now because the subway tuna isn't isn't tuna. <laughs> oh, for real. It's a, it's a mixture of things. So my, <laughs> so my problem with Subway Tuna is that when I was in college for a hot second, I worked at Subway and the way you make the tuna is like, because again, you're making a huge amount of tuna. So it's like you put on kind of the plastic gloves, you get a big bowl that's full of the tuna and for the man, you just mix it with your hands. And it was like, I was off tuna salad for a year, at least after working at Subway, just because it, and it wasn't even, there was gross. It was, it was too much. Canned tuna is one of like the four foods I don't like, but I do remember having to mix up that tuna. I didn't work at Subway, but I worked at an Italian deli in college briefly. I was a terrible employee at the deli because I had to be a waitress and I'm not really good at at wanting to like meet others' needs. Um, So it just wasn't the job for me, but mixing up that tuna was gross. But at Subway, luckily, it's not tuna. 
I guess that helps. So the thing is, so the, the lunch meat is the uh, Hillshire Farms, like thin sliced stuff. And they right. sell it in like a one pound family size. So that's two sandwiches. Well, it's 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 four. No, it's two. No, it's two. It's two. <laughs> 16 yeah. ounces. Well, I had, to, I had to think about it because in my head, it's it's two from like how much I pull out. But then I was like, I try to do the math in my head. I'm like, pull no, out. I think it's four. <laughs> Make that lunch meat pull out game week. It's so hard to hate you. <laughs> lunch meat pull out game week. <laughs> that has to be the title of the episode. <laughs> works. It works for your food and for the Virgin Mary. For the Virgin Mary. <laughs> Oh, this is awful. Oh God, that's so funny, Matt. Right. So yeah, I'll I'll report back uh, on our next episode. It'll have been two weeks, at least two weeks of of doing this, and uh, we'll we'll see how it's going. But uh, I'm you know looking forward to it. You know, it's keeping keeping honest, and it's all the other ridiculous stuff you have to do. Like every Thursday is like the check in, and yes, it includes pictures, and which I've also realized I need to make sure to delete those pictures off my phone right after I'm done. I'm going to hack you. Well, no, not because of that, but I'm thinking about that fun, like iPhone thing. It's like featured photos, memories of the day. I'm like, I don't need that shit coming up. Like be like, yeah, no, no, no. I don't want this memory. Thank you. And goodbye, Apple. No, thank you. Especially because I have my home screen on my phone has a widget that shows like photos of things I might like. And I absolutely do not need that popping up as being like, basically a quarter of the wallpaper of my phone <laughs> it totally would too just be like here you are at day one we um for my my food news i'm gonna give a little shout out to this he's a cookbook author esteban at his instagram handle is at chicano eats but i did a really fun virtual cooking class with him this weekend with my mom it was my mom's one of my mom's christmas gifts for me but we had such a fun time and it was just really cool because you just he sends you the ingredient list. He included a cocktail and we made pozole and this like fun tequila pineapple cocktail. And it was a good time. So check out his Instagram. And if you're looking for something pandemic to do a cooking class, it was super fun. And now I have, you know, a bunch of pozole I can eat all week. That's like four Weight Watchers points of serving. So it's a win. Can we put a put a link to the Insta or whatever in the show Yeah, notes? I'll send it to you. Sorry. I didn't even think I was going to do this, but then I, my mom and I had so much fun. Well, if you uh, enjoy this show as much as Kelly's mom does, please tell your friends. <laughs> you know, they can subscribe on, you can listen on Spotify. You can find us in the, I still call it the iTunes store, although I guess it's technically called Apple Podcasts, not oh. iTunes. But either way, uh, you can check us out there. And I, I think if you go to Keishanon.com slash iTunes, it will take you directly to us in the iTunes store uh, where you could also leave us a review. And and wait, we're also trying to get uh, a bunch of um, yeah, rate ratings. Us. So uh, Kelly was on a we wanted to get how many ratings were we trying to get? I don't remember. We have five right now. Let's get 20 by the end of the year. <laughs> 21 by the end of 2021. Oh, I just noticed we have a review in the iTunes store. Mm. So first of all, we currently Can you read have, it aloud in the pod? I, I'm about to. So <laughs> so here's the thing. Now I'm looking at this. Our average is 4.2 out of five. So, uh, but, but if you look who's at the distribution. Us, who's giving us less than five stars? Oh, one star. So you look at it, the best I can guess from the graph is that we have four five-star reviews and one 
one star review. Show yourself. <laughs> but this person, this the only review that was written is a five star review that says, "I've been waiting my whole life for this." If you only listen to one food and conspiracy podcast, this is the one. Kelly and Matt are true masters of content, which tells me this person really does listen to our show because that is how we refer to ourselves. That's my mom. <laughs> no, I'm just Is kidding. your mom some something wicked? I really hope not. <laughs> the username is thumb th- some something wicked. Well, so. something wicked. Thank you so much. It's and some, whoever left some, us a one-star review, I'm Kelly, it's something, something, something wicked. So I also like, Mm. by by the way, uh, listener, we are, we, I know it sounds like we're making fun of you. We so aren't because we really do appreciate all the beautiful things. We love you so much. And I just wanted to be accurate when Kelly was misnaming you. But something wicked. Can you please show yourself so I can send you a present? I will bribe people who give us five star reviews. That's fair. Or well, and that, that write them like rating is one thing, but give us, yeah. If you, if you give us a review, like let us know. And if you don't want us to publicly acknowledge you by, name that's fine but you can tell us because again the chances are quite good that if you're writing a five-star review of our podcast you probably know how to get a hold of at least one of us but also if you're rating us one star i want to know are you a member of the real QAnon? show yourself also (laughs) and i want to talk to you you can find out our show notes, which have all the supporting links. If you go to Keishanon.com, you can follow us on Twitter at Keishanon. You can follow us on Instagram at Keishanon. And that's pretty much all the places you can find us right now. We don't have a Twitch or a Pinterest or any of that stuff. I don't know what one of those yet. things is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Twitch is like a, a streaming <laughs> thing, like gamers do it and stuff sure. that's where i stream my my show once a month the party which game I, show. I watch i just forgot it's on oh, Twitch. <laughs> which i want to be a part of also because i have fomo okay well we can we can figure out a way i feel like that. i follow so many of your like devops friends on twitter now i just want to be a part of the group you, you I don't are. know anything you, about it <laughs> i kelly we should have you on devops party games i think you, you might have a hard time with it but that also would make it fun you're like i don't know what the fuck a kubernetes is so i'll just draw a thing you guys talk about that all the time and i don't know but now it's in my brain <laughs> <laughs> do you know that's actually my license plate as a reference to that too no so it's terrible I don't know what it is, but every time you guys tweet about it, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> can I, can I, can I, oh wait, can I like quote you on that in a tweet? You can amazing quote, tag me I don't know what Kubernetes is, but every time you all talk about it, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. And the other day, like someone was being mean to one of you and I, I replied to them and I was like, you don't need a degree to do anything. <laughs> I don't remember how I'm going to tie this together, but uh, thanks for listening. Who really gives a shit? (laughs) No one. (laughs) But, you know, follow us on on Twitter. You know, let us know what you'd like us to talk about. Like and subscribe. And as always, this is Keishan on. And remember, the truth and the tacos are out there. 